0: Fertility stories from everyday people. 18 months of trust and surrender with Tam Oblowitz. Welcome to the Vital Veda Show. I am your host, Dylan Smith. I'm an A-ready practitioner and holistic health educator who in my clinic, which is based online and in person throughout Australia, the number one thing I see is fertility, whether it is people having fertility issues or people wanting to conceive with awareness and increase their health before they try to conceive. And one of those people is today, one of my patients, Tam Oblowitz, who has joined me to share her journey. And this is a new addition to the Vital Veda podcast where we will be intertwining within the podcast stories from various people from all walks of life. Not necessarily my patients, but variety of people so I hope you enjoy this episode I hope you get something out of it whether you are wanting to conceive soon or in the future and if any questions or any comments on this please let us know um, in Instagram or email us and enjoy And welcome to the podcast, good to see you in this setting, I'm used to seeing you in the clinical setting or in various visits to collect herbs or something, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad like I, we can shine the energy on you and you can really uh, be the uh, radiant one to share the knowledge this time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So we've started this new thing in the Vital Beta Podcast where we're creating stories from people from all walks of life and Threaded within the Vital Veda Vita podcast episodes, we're creating stories, preconception stories. So, you were on my mind when I thought of this slight little project. So, I'd like to begin with the question I ask every time is, What did you do this morning? What's your daily routine?
1: Oh, this morning's like the worst day to pick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because I didn't, I general. didn't
1: med, I haven't meditated yet, believe it or not. I haven't done self abhyanga, but I did abhyanga on Bab, and that for me, actually, funnily enough, is meditative. Mm. And I feel like, as strange as it sounds, I feel like I'm doing abhyanga myself in some ways, even mm. though I'm performing it on her. So, what did I do? It's well, so
0: connected, yeah. The maybe it like, is.
1: We're still one. Yeah, and so. I shouldn't say I've done nothing because mm. I, I've done a lot in terms of providing for her. Um, what's
0: her age now?
1: She is nine weeks today. Wow. Yeah, Perfect. time's flown. Um, but we woke up and um, she's she sleeps next to me, which is beautiful. Um, she wakes up every morning, massive smile plastered across her face, just really happy. Um, I kind of interact with her a bit and just giggling and laughing and just really being present in her energy um and then um my husband delivered breakfast in bed which is now now a a normal thing so get used to that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) delivering the breakfast in bed um but and then what did I do honestly it's a bit of a blur um I think I sat in the sun for a little bit, just got some vitamin D. And
0: the baby as well? Um,
1: After I, I did it separately. So after I massaged her, I let the oil set in in the sun a bit. So Mm -hmm. she was in the sun for a little bit. Um, And then I showered her or bathed her. um, And then I gave her to my husband for a little bit. And then I went to sit in the sun alone Mm -hmm. just for like 10, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes um and then yeah I went to cranial sacral therapy session both of us so doing some Cairo work and then now we're here I don't know yeah. the day's just flown <laughs> that was the day
0: <laughs> so since we did a workshop on baby ab younger you yeah. watched the workshop right yeah
1: but to be honest I'm only halfway, halfway. through because yeah, I keep okay. I keep going back and mm. making sure so I'm almost like watching it over and over again and I haven't finished mm. it yet yeah
0: so we so we did this workshop on baby ab younger which is Oil massage for babies are an important tool to increase the immunity and build the tissues and enhance this protective layer, like this layer, the shield of armor. And we recently did a workshop on it with my teacher, Dr. Naini Raju. And it really, for me, even it was like, wow, this is a bigger thing than I thought in terms of importance and in terms of time and in terms of um, energy towards it. So has that shifted? Yeah. Something
1: I must say, it's so interesting. Doing massage on her versus doing massage on me, It's the energy is just so different. Right. I, I don't know, maybe it's like because it's, it's like two in one, like I said. Like while I'm massaging her, I'm feeling the energy mm-hmm. for me, whereas when you're just doing self-abhyanga, it's just self-focused, right? Um, but then I'm just seeing the impact on her. Um, I've been doing massage on her for like a couple of weeks. But I've been doing it, you know, Padma's way for only a couple of days. Mm. And it's just so intricate, right? Mm, Like just the way in which you go along the kidneys and Mm. the the ribs, you know, for the respiratory um, on the back, um, Mm. I've been noticing. And, you know, we're in kind of spring season now and like Mm. allergies are, are rampant, you know, and I've just been noticing just subtle like energy shifts while I'm doing it with her, mm-hmm. um, for her, I suppose. But it's, great. yeah, like you said, it's, like, very layered.
0: Yes. Can you realise the difference in her since doing the more elaborate younger?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's definitely, she's always been an alert baby. Like, mm. everyone comments on how mm. alert she is. But I've just, I know she seems kind of Yeah. Like, mm. even though her smiles have only started, you know, the past two weeks, she's just,
0: like, extra Beautiful. smiley
1: now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I want to also paint a picture about yourself. Yes, like if you can introduce yourself. Sure. And the point as well is just to, with these interviews, it's people from all walks of life um, that are going on the journey of preconception and fertility. mm-hmm.
1: So. mm-hmm. So in terms of introducing myself, I'm obviously, I'm Tam, well, Tamron, but everyone calls me Tam, Um, and I am a trained clinical psychotherapist, but I've kind of, I've really fused that work with a more holistic framework, so um, I would say I'm more spiritual psychologist, and I really infuse intuitive energy work and healing into my practice, Um, and I mainly work with um, the the divine feminine, so so woman really. Um, that's on a bit of a hiatus at the moment. I'm on maternity leave. Um, and then just in terms of my preconception journey, um, I think I came to you in March of last year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was March of last year. Um, and my husband and I had been trying on and off for about 12 13 months, um, had taken a few breaks along the way. Um, and I was just, I think, really naive, like I'd seen a bunch of naturopaths before, I was living a pretty healthy lifestyle, um, you know, taking all the supplements. And so I was really shocked when it didn't happen as soon as I wanted it to. Now with preconception, there's obviously a big physiological, or physical component, but there's also a higher power at play that we have zero control over and there's that spiritual element right but I think what redrew me to Ayurveda and I say redrew me is that my mother and I um, a while ago went we were on an Ayurvedic retreat in Bali and I just remember feeling like my absolute best of my entire mm-hmm. life and so there was one day during like my you know preconception journey where I was just feeling so low about it all and I was thinking back, like to a point in my life where things maybe were challenging, but I was able to take myself out of that low point um, and really, like, have a, a huge shift. And so I remembered, you know, that Bali Ayurvedic retreat. So I—I I don't know who told me about you, but <laughs> someone did, and I think I booked my first appointment in March. Um, And I didn't book it for preconception. I think I just booked um, Abiyanga, and then the didgeridoo, you played over my womb as well. I booked that as an appointment. Um, And then I think at the end, I only told you like that I was trying to conceive. And then you kind of gave me almost like this framework of, you know, these are the treatments that I recommend you doing. These are the herbs I recommend you taking. And at first it was like a bit overwhelming, like, wow, this is a lot. Um, but I really, really, I've got the personality of like, I'm going to commit and I'm mm. going to be so loyal to this because I want a baby. And not only do I want a baby, I want a baby to be born from the healthiest, you know, constitution as, as possible. Um, and so I think I was coming like a few times a week at one point for treatments. We're doing matropasty. Was that right? Yeah, yeah.
0: we're doing Different therapies, even for maybe seven consecutive days. Yes. Yes. Every few months, and so before we get into the details yeah. of what we did, I just want to go back. You're saying you're trying for about twelve months? Is that what you're saying? Um,
1: you yeah, doing? actually, yeah, around about twelve. Yeah, okay. about on and off. So I wouldn't say twelve yes. consecutive 12. months, but we'd probably we'd started trying twelve months prior okay. to when I came to see you. Okay. Yeah,
0: and. Like what was your? You said you were expecting to conceive at the time. What was your age at the time? Thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, what what was going through? What else was going? What emotions were going through you when you weren't conceiving successfully?
1: Total shock. Like I was like, I'm young. I think I'm really, you know, I know that Westerners they say, oh, you're a geriatric, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm really not. Um, and you you hear of like. You know, people, women in their mid 40s conceiving very easily and successfully. So even like I didn't refer to my journey as an infertility journey. I referred to it as a fertility journey. And I think in in Western world, that's very, it's really important. It's so, I mean, words, you know, it's.
0: Even it's, I used to use the word infertility, um, like my infertility patients. No. <laughs> but now I've moved to fertility problems. Yes. Because infertility actually means impotency. Yeah, like like
1: you cannot, like you've got no ovaries or like your uterus. you have no
0: sperm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, that's totally... (laughs) Yeah,
1: so I I really very quickly started referring to it as my fertility Mm. journey. Um, But yeah, so I started, I was just shocked. I Mm. was just like, I've wanted a baby for so long. I thought that this was going to happen easily given you know, that I lead such a healthy lifestyle. Um, so it was just shock. And then that shock kind of morphed into like deep, you know, disappointment and like, almost like a feeling of like destitute, like it sounds dramatic, but like a helplessness, like, well, when's this baby going to come? Mm-hmm. And I would really oscillate between trusting, like trusting higher power, the universe, and then going to like complete fear. And I think that's so normal for women is to fluctuate between the two. Um, it's a lot. It's a fear lot.
0: fear that it might not happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, toward the end, I started to feel like, no, it is going to happen. It's just a matter of when, mm. you know. But that deep fear at the beginning, especially when I was, it seemed like I was trying everything, like with all like the naturopaths and the acupuncture, you know, hopping from acupuncturist to acupuncturist and just it's like, well, nothing's changing, nothing's happening. Now, I want to add that I had an extra element, like the, an, an extra layer, which was that my cycles were irregular, but I didn't have endometriosis. Mm. I had no underlying issues except my cycle was irregular and I found that really frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it makes adds in another challenge yeah. with trying to line up rhythms of ovulation. Yes, and- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you started seeing us in the clinic, how long then were you, till you conceived? It was,
1: it was six months. Six months, okay. Which is funny, I think you actually told me, you said, oh, it's going to be like a couple of months. I think you said, I don't want to promise anything, but like, I remember that mm-hmm. early on. You said, oh, if you do, if you do the herbs, you do the treatments, you kind of change your lifestyle in these certain ways. It'll take like six months or something. Okay.
0: And even after, because obviously you were trying yeah. throughout, yeah. the six months then when you and and there were times where like what i do with many patients if you wanting to try although me wanting not wanting you <laughs> to try but i get it you know it's the biggest thing with people who are on the journey and they want to try every ovulation or, yeah. or more often yeah. than i advise for reasons of basically to pull back the bow and preserve yes. the OGS or preserve the reproductive essence yes. a bit more so that later it's the target is easier to hit so when, even throughout the six months when you weren't, I mean, and you were all in on this area better. And, and I do tend to give a lot for fertility because it's the number one passion of ours. It's the really the one single time in someone's life when they should be giving all the energy and attention towards their health because to optimize the seed before they plant it for that future human. So we tend to give a lot and we especially, I give a lot when someone like, been trying for a year Mm. and they are entering their late 30s so we need we definitely need more nourishment and more interventions so when you when you're with me you were all in you were so so beautiful like Mm. such a good uh good patient patient (laughs) because you surrendered Mm. and you adhered like everyone has a very clear definition of a successful patient Mm. and it's one of the factors is surrender and one of them is you actually obey, (laughs) for lack of a better (laughs) word. So you're doing the things. Mm -hmm. But then even after a few months, you know, four or five months, it still wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel when you were on the Ayurveda path and you still weren't conceiving?
1: Frustrated at times, but I I felt like I was ascending spiritually. So not Mm -hmm. in that realm of like, I don't know, I like to call it the 3D realm. (laughs) Not that realm of like, you know, this isn't happening, what's happening, like grasping on as much as I was before. Um, And meditation obviously helped drastically Mm -hmm. with that. But I think what also helped is, as you say, surrender. So I remember being very um, anxious when you said to me, don't try for a couple months. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what do you mean? So I'm losing out on more time. And I laughed when just before when you said that, because in retrospect, that was so important. And I advise a lot of my clients on the fertility journey to do the same thing, like just give yourself, your mind a break, if not your body or, or both, you know. And so, yeah, there were moments of frustration, but I would say that the trust um, trumped the Great. frustration, the trust did. And I just was, like I said, I shifted. I was like... Oh, it's not happening, but it's a matter of when, mm-hmm. not really if, cool. yeah.
0: Yeah, because obviously throughout the whole time, even from the beginning, you had that contrast of trust and, and surrender and also, oh, is this what's yeah. happening? Yeah, well, so, that's a human
1: response, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so that's really yeah.
0: great that it, it evolved over the 18 months. Yeah. Good. And how was your partner throughout this?
1: So he was like, what are all these things you're taking? Um, He's he's not into this. No, no, but he's very respectful um, and he accepts that I am. Um, And there were times where I was like, well, as the man, like your sperm's also important, you should be doing this and that. And then, you know, he was like, well, you know, I do my own things and um, I do it my own way. And I was like, fine, you know. You do it your own way. Um, he was like, the countertop is getting a little too cluttered <laughs> with all the herbs. Um, but, you know, he was he was a rock for me in the sense that he's just very level-headed. So he kept reminding me, like, don't go too hard on yourself. I was like, but I'm doing all these things. He's like, yeah, and you can continue to do them. But mindset is really important. And just know you're doing everything possible and this is going to happen it's just a matter of time so he he was amazing in that sense and that's probably what i really needed so he
0: was did he get frustrated or never he was never like Oh come on, stop doing this thing. You've been seeing this guy for six months. No, I don't violence. think he, no, really I don't think he ever said
1: that. I think at the beginning when I was doing the um enemas, yeah. he was like, woes, like <laughs> this has gone to another level. What are you doing? Um so Dylan, if you wanna explain maybe that process yeah, of like so the
0: Enemas, we call it matrobasti and it's one of the deeper interventions for fertility because it's a nourishing enema it's not a detox enema and it's usually a medicated oil or a medicated ghee which is absorbed into the body and withheld overnight and it directly nourishes and penetrates the womb area and the lower abdomen and that that whole nerve plexus which ends in the umbilical cord which everything starts from so,
1: I actually miss them. <laughs> you I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah.
0: So that's that's really good, and um, because I think it's an, it's a common thing where the women is doing all the work, and in couples, some sometimes the woman's only on board. Especially in this industry, in in Ayurveda, in the yoga industry, in the natural health, the men kind of don't really want to do so much. So mm. that's it's good for people to hear how how a man can be that beautiful rock and even not be so interested in it, but still being respectful and stable. mm mm-hmm. exactly. Um, were any of the protocols a strain or anything? Did anything ever become a strain?
1: No, no. I think initially when you told me, like, what to do, like what to do and, um, you know, all the herbs to take, that felt like just a little overwhelming, but never a strain. Um, And I think at the beginning with the matrobastes or the the enemas, um, I found it obviously like maybe the first two, three days to to hold it in because you're meant to only you know, go to the bathroom um, and release um, the next morning. So I think, you know, I I waited a few hours the first few nights and I had to go. And then your body just adapts and it really gets used to what it's meant to get used to.
0: Which is totally fine to keep an enema the maturabasti for one to two hours. That's also beneficial. So the more you practice it, the more you do it. It's like people do Abhyanga Ayurvedic oil massage. This is like oilating the internal organs and womb. So... Closer to the time when, closer to the time of success, the time you tried, I mean, was it very, I I can't even remember because with my journey, it was, well, we were different. We, We tried two months. The first month we were not successful for reasons that I know and the second month we were, but, you know, we kind of knew this was the month. It was for this month. Was that with you as in the month that you tried, you kind of, it led up to that or it was just another month of trying?
1: No, we knew. We knew. And I, you were actually on a call with me and Harsha Raju and he said, you're ovulating now. Um, it's go time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because just as I said previously, my cycles were all over the place. Um, I did go to a fertility clinic and have cycle management for, mm. one, for a couple of weeks. Um, before I conceived, and Harisha told me I was ovulating before blood tests confirmed mm. through the fertility clinic that I was. So I went based off of his guidance, and then later they called me and they said, "Hey, your blood tests show that you're um, mm. that you're ovulating." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." And they're like, "Wait, how do you know?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, never mind." That um,
0: through video recognition and reading you by the.
1: Pulse yes, Harsha, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, self, so he was reading my pulse, um, which is phenomenal, so mm. fascinating. And he was able to say, you're ovulating, um, now is a great time to, for you to conceive. Mm. Um, but I also just had that inner knowing, um, and my husband also knew, mm. he knew. Um, so when I showed him um, the test of the the positive pregnancy test, Mm -hmm. he's like, see, I told you, I told Mm you it was this month, I told you it would happen. Um, Yeah, I think if you're deeply connected to yourself and your partner and you are, you know, spiritually connected, you do know, Mm. you you just know when it's happening.
0: Yeah. What advice would you give for people to have, because I think everyone, as we said, everyone faces that, Balance of trust and fear. And when the fear comes, it's again, you need that surrender to succeed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. follow through. Mm-hmm. And when 18 months, two, three, four years, people go on. So, what advice would you give someone who is struggling?
1: Just to not lose hope, as cliched as it sounds, mm-hmm. and that your body, like I kept having this mantra that, like, I was born to be fertile, I was born to procreate. There's no way I cannot. It's just a matter of time, like there's no way. And what's confusing is medicine, um, Western medicine will have you believing the opposite. Mm -hmm. So I did go the intervention route, like at one point um, I had ovulation induction, the one month I remember telling you, my body reacted so shockingly to Mm -hmm. that, to the hormones. My body knew, my body was Mm. like, Cam, this isn't for you. And, you know, that works for a lot of people as does IVF and I'm not bashing either thing. Mm. Like there's, we all have soul contracts and ways to get to what we we need and desire. Um, But I think just, you know, just really reinforcing that trust, that trust in a higher power in your body, that your body can do this, you know, and it's the same way I birthed. I did a home birth. And I had the same mentality, like I was born to do this. I can home birth, I can have zero drugs, zero intervention. I can do it, you know? And but having both those mentalities, it, it worked for me. And I think I mentioned to you, people say to me, oh, you're so lucky you had a home birth or you're so lucky you were able to conceive after a year and it wasn't like five years or you're so lucky your baby's temperament is like pretty easy and you've had like a great recovery postpartum. And I smile, I don't say this to them, but I guess if they're listening, they'll now hear. It's not luck. It's really not luck. It's, I worked really hard at each stage to conceive. I worked hard to have the birth I wanted and I've worked really hard to have the postpartum recovery and the spirit of the child that I wanted. You know, it's all work. It's all inner work. So, you know, in summary, it's like, have that trust. But if that fear comes up, don't, you know, resist it explore it what's the fear about what's what's this about for me it was control or not mm. having control and yes. i think that that's, that's very common yeah you know is surrendering that Surrending control to time yeah i loved
0: how you said i know what's going to happen it's just a matter of time yeah yeah so, so
1: trust trusting yeah. your body the
0: word for time in, in the vedas is kala which is related with kali it's that feminine time is a very feminine mm. thing and it's it's not masculine masculine Mm. timing is control okay i'm gonna do i this intervention Mm. for three months and then i'm gonna try and then Mm -hmm. see but but Mm -hmm. the feminine aspect of time which is of course is birthing from a feminine into a human it's
1: fluid is
0: fluid and it's so dynamic
1: another piece of advice i'd give is like you know, as much as you want it to happen and you've been trying, when something's not happening, it is a sign to mm-hmm. just pause and stop trying, stop mm-hmm. forcing. And, you know, we actually, when I say we stopped trying, like we didn't do anything when I thought that I might be ovulating or fertile. Like we literally held back. It's not like people say, oh, we stopped trying, but they still have intercourse and they're like, oh, if it happens, it happens. Like we literally stopped mm-hmm. trying. And for me, that helped me be like, okay, well, this month it's not happening because I'm making it not happen. You know, I'm really giving my body and my spirit and my mind and my just emotional sense of well-being, I'm giving it all a break.
0: Yes, and particularly the body, the reproductive essence, you know, when you halt orgasm or ejaculation Mm -hmm. for a month or, you know, that's why we, we prefer up to three months or less possible. Yeah. That literally preserves and builds that Mm -hmm. reproductive Mm -hmm. essence before again hitting the target Mm. later
1: which is why it's also so important you know like with miscarriages right it's like people will have a miscarriage and they're like oh yeah we're just going to try next month again and i think i don't say this but i think to myself oh no your body needs a couple months break like and that was a death like you did yeah. you 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 did conceive and yeah, you need to
0: absolutely you know, that's hit a big the break. topic yeah, and it's happening so much more now yeah. Miscarriages, and yeah. people need to rejuvenate like they would postpartum yeah. and fully remove that memory of the miscarriage before trying again and they need to really do the same essentially the same <laughs> grieve and mm-hmm. physically in, in uh, use the same interventions as mm-hmm. postpartum to rejuvenate so definitely that's good. what parts of the preconception journey and interventions. did you enjoy? You mentioned Matrabasti. Yeah. Did
1: you like that? I did love that. Um, I loved, um, what was the seven chakra?
0: We did Chakrabasti.
1: Chakrabasti, loved that. Like had some spiritual, you know, visions while that was happening. So that's the treatment
0: of, if you imagine making a donut or a big donut, a donut with a big hole around the belly button, and then we fill that with a medicated oil and for you a fertility ghee and that we put that in the womb on the belly and that penetrates into the enteric nervous system. All our nerve plexuses in the human biology end in the umbilicus area, the belly. And this treatment is holding, busty means to hold, this is an external busty, it means to hold a medicated oil over the the navel so when that warm medicated oil is sitting like a pool over the belly held by dough to seal it then the herbs and the medicine penetrates into the womb and nourishes it we give very specialized herbic herbs and ghee's, which also people we send to patients around the world if they don't if they're not in our in australia in our clinic areas and they can use them and with their local practitioner and allow that oil to penetrate and we'll do that over seven days and it it has this effect of nourishing it has this deep effect of calming and it's not only for fertility it's for immune health it's for digestive health and it's for centering because everything starts the umbilicus that's where life starts from so it's really such a powerful way and if they other than Matrobasti, we do a lot of home therapies for fertility, getting uh, like yourself, Tam, to do things yourself, certain medicated oils applying into the belly button and then feeling that penetrate because these special oils definitely work like the Marama oil and the Nabi oil, different medicated oils, even the Fertility Ghee especially or the Fertility nasika Those oils, even just a few drops or 10 drops in the belly button has because oil has that ability of sukshma which means subtle so it can penetrate through the subtle channels deep into the body and directly into the womb and not only build and nourish the womb and build the reproductive tissue but correct any distortion of intelligence any intelligence that's distorted for example after a miscarriage we need to remove that memory of letting the fetus go and we need to remind the body how to hold on to the embryo and allow it to grow into the fetus so different things like that different applications to the navel the Matra busty also is an internal busty as we mentioned earlier and that's say around 30 milliliters of oil 30 to 60 milliliters inserted via the rectum through certain tubes and syringes and that's done by the patient themselves before sleep and that's inserted into the into the rectum which directly again nourishes that area in a different way from internal you know external is not less it's very also profound that transdermal technology of entering the body through transdermally through the skin because the skin has so many nerve endings and then the mutra busty is the internal busty. busti means to hold so holding oil whether you're holding it in the inside or you're holding it on the outside on the navel via this chakra basti treatment also called nabi basti so you can check out the show notes to have a photo of what it looks like
1: there was so much more love mm. and that's why they say making love or like made from love you know and i was reading the book um souls of magnificence um, she writes the book sacred birthing as well which is both i highly recommend reading both of them um, by Sunny Carl, I think is the author for both of them. Um, and it just it just says, you know, the love, like, to, like a child born from love is just what is, mm. what is needed. And I feel like that, I don't remember the other times, to be honest, I only remember mm. the time that she was conceived because that was such a powerful love, mm. you know, so it probably evolved slowly that maybe I wasn't recognising it up until it, I did, if that makes sense. Mm
0: beautiful yeah yeah. Yeah. and that time that you conceived that month was it did you try multiple days or nights or was it just once
1: i think it was just once
0: okay wow yeah once that month um
1: yeah yeah, it was it was i think when i was like the day i was ovulating i think yeah yeah because
0: for some people it can be hard to recognize if they're trying six times a month or five or yeah. four times yeah as no month. I, I know when she was yeah. conceived yeah <laughs>
1: like I like a know like that moment yeah
0: okay. yeah okay and postpartum how has that been in a nutshell
1: um wild <laughs> but in an amazing magical way um you know it's it's like nothing anyone can prepare you for parenthood and you know fatherhood motherhood it's such a blessing, especially after you've wanted it for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but postpartum, I just feel emotionally I'm so grounded and strong and stable, and I really do credit that to all the herbs, the Ayurvedic herbs that I've been taking, like the postpartum kit from you. Um, and it's funny, I started, like, I, in the early days, I would, like, crave the taste or mm. crave the herb, mm. Um that I wouldn't even need to remember to take it. Because oh, I was just like, oh, I need this. Um, especially I forget the name of it, but it's the, the postpartum rejuvenation, the paste. So to Yeah, yeah. What's in that? Like what's Many herbs. yeah. <laughs> but what 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 balances you emotionally from yeah, that?
0: Yeah, it's mainly worked on the emotions yes, and the I felt state. that.
1: I felt that very, yeah. very I mean, deeply. That, to be
0: more subtle and honest, it, it actually removes negative energies from you and the child. Yeah. What we call in Ayurveda, grahas yeah. or butas into like those negative energies, which because the baby's so vulnerable and open, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. those things—it's that protective layer.
1: Yeah, and I and I felt that I was like craving, craving mm. it. Um, so the herbs have been incredible support. Um, doing 40 days at home. Mm. I think some family members were like, "Are you depressed? <laughs> Is that why you're staying at home? Do you have postpartum depression?" Like actually the complete opposite. Mm. And I was just really in tune with like listening to my body and connecting to Remy's needs um, and my needs and resting a lot. Mm. Um, And so I felt that, you know, during the first 40 days, the vata was pacified. Mm. It was just based on what I was doing. But the first couple of nights, Um, like after the birth, I could see and feel how vata is so amplified. Mm. Like I didn't properly sleep. That adrenaline is just Mm. rushing through your body and that is the vata. Um, But postpartum in a nutshell has been a beautiful journey. I mean, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. You know, obviously you've got the broken sleep. Obviously I'm not meditating twice a day for 20 minutes, but I feel like there are moments that are meditative for me in motherhood that become my meditation. Um, just, like, you know, massaging her for 15 minutes mm. a day and sometimes twice a day doing the baby abhyanga. Mm. Um, that's meditative for me. Um, or just actually being gentle with myself and being like, okay, I meditated for 10 minutes twice today, so I got one full meditation <laughs> in instead of, you know, two 20 minutes each. Just being gentle and knowing that, you know, I'm I've got a new role that is very important and I've got this little being relying on right. me completely. So... It's just going with the going with it.
0: Your Vada looks very pacified, it seems <laughs> just from what you're in the Well, individual.
1: she's just fallen asleep on me. So. Well. <laughs> thank no, you. No, but
0: really, because postpartum some people can can it can last for literally years. Like mm. I've seen and especially when their child is born in winter, which was mm. the case for you. Yes. I remember we toured Australia in March with Dr. Raju, my teacher, and A lot of the times he was saying still they were having issues because they did not take proper postpartum care. This is even 10 years later, even more than 10 years, 20 years later. And especially he said, is your baby born in winter after feeling the pulse? And they said, yes, and they did not because you have to take that extra care. And you taking the postnatal tonic from day one, like a lot of people don't find out about that until month three or four mm. or five mm-hmm. or six even two months later the mm-hmm. difference of you doing all that things day one you can really balance that vata straight away when it is roaring and yeah you're just you've done so well Thank and it's you. very clear from looking at you and how everyone says oh you're so lucky if everything's been and like we have the same thing on our journey it's like solace had not as like a literally no issues in pregnancy and they're like oh it's lucky like when i said to dr Raju, Soleil's had nothing he's like of course you did all the things exactly yeah yeah.
1: i remember um seeing Harsha in march in person i just wanted i was pregnant um how many months would i have been
0: when she was born you must have been like seven
1: yeah i was like six yes five six months pregnant No, five months. I don't know. My yeah. maths so bad. Anyway, so um, as I came in to the clinic, and he, you know, checked my pulse, and he was like, I was like looking at him. He's like, yeah, nothing. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean nothing? He's like, no, everything's fine. I was like, what do you mean everything's fine? He's like. No, you're doing all the things and everything feels great. Like mm. he's like eat what you want to eat. I was like, "What?" He was yeah. like, "No, like, you know, obviously in moderation, but he's like you're being very good in in what you're eating." And so, you know, if you feel like, you know, a piece of goat's cheese, he's like just just have it, yeah, yeah. like just, you know, and I was kind of like really shocked in a good way, mm. but he was he was like everything's great. Yeah. Um and then in the course cuz I as you know did the fertility course and loved it. Um and with the with the Rajus. And I remember them saying like, you know, it's best not to conceive at this time so that your baby's not born in winter. And I was just like, Oh, well, too late. Mm. <laughs> Remy's coming in winter in mm. July. Um, but then I didn't realise that there are so many things you can do to balance that. Yeah. So it actually doesn't it's right. it's almost irrelevant, yes. you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah and that just on that you know there's different seasons which are easier to conceive or not only the strength is stronger for example conceiving during winter we have more urges we have more vitality we have more stamina so it's a good time but also it depends on the person it depends on the body type and definitely, their constitution there's so and dosha right, yeah yeah and there's so many
1: Variables. things you can do to yeah.
0: balance it so great that's all just nice stories and and thanks for sharing Anything else you want to leave the audience with?
1: Um, I think I'm just going to run the point home of trust. Like, mm. just have that trust that you can conceive a soul of magnificence, and that you know, Ayurveda is not just about supplements or herbs. Like, it's an entire lifestyle, mm. and it's 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 just it's for the mind, it's for the body, it's for the soul, the spirit. It's mm. and there's nothing else there, you know out there like that like you can get naturopathy or homeopathy and both are incredible in their own way but they only really deal with the physical you know there's nothing there's no medicine out there aside from Ayurveda that deals with each layer of you know and I think it's the spirituality that draws me to Ayurveda to be quite
0: frank. Especially when you're uh, trying for 18 months and you're at the wits end it really is the spirit which is the factor which keeps you in yeah like absolutely. if it wasn't for that trust and surrender which is that spiritual you know part of the journey mm. then you would be just loose i'll take me to the clinic give me some embryo transfer extract my eggs ivf so it's like when when i see people who have been trying for over a year even less it's really the spirit which needs to be strong mm, that's the thing
1: really does yeah. so i think that's the main thing is is to anyone listening who's kind of feeling that, you know, and I get it, that despondency. And some people might turn around and say, gee, she's lucky, she only tried like a year because mm-hmm. they've been trying a lot longer and my heart does go out to those people because it's, it's a journey and it's it's, it's a real struggle at times. Um, you do hit your darkest points, but I do believe that that's where, you know, it's that saying, that's where the light enters through those cracks and those darkest moments. And, you know, I, I, I wonder if I hadn't had... Issues conceiving, or if it had happened a lot faster, maybe I wouldn't be on this Ayurvedic journey that I am on now. And so I'm so thankful. Like I look back, and someone said to me, "Like, ah, oh, don't you wish you'd found like Ayurveda or refound it early?" And I'm like, no. It all unfolded at the exact timing, the precise timing that it was meant to, because she wasn't meant to be, you know, born into this world earlier than when she came.
0: Yeah. That's right. So it's
1: all divine timing.
0: And the birth was followed that, you know, the birth may have been different if you conceived after two, three months of and the postpartum. Maybe I wouldn't have have done a
1: home birth. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it would Mm. have been like. It's hard to say. But I do believe everything I've done has led me to exactly where I am and it's it's a really beautiful place.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, Tam.
1: Thank you.
0: And if people want to learn about your work 'Cause uh, you you do this amazing intuitive stuff. Solo sometimes <laughs> shows me on social media. She's like oh, all these people asking you questions on <laughs> Instagram and like you'll reply with an intuitive response. It's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. You you were um, correct when we were trying to look to buy a house and move like up the other side of the state. And you gave us some assistance, which was correct. I don't know if Saleh told you. She did. She told me I
1: gave you the exact house number. And (laughs) she said, I I told you like where, yeah, yeah, the month that you would be, yeah.
0: Yeah, because we've, just quick on that, we found a house. I wanted to move there and buy it, but still I didn't. And she asked Tam, and Tam's like, "Not feeling it. Wait a bit. This amount of months, and that's when it came." Yeah. So yeah, so you're on Instagram, you Yes, Instagram, I'm, on I'm on
1: Instagram. Instagram um, also, starting to think about other platforms to to move that's to. Um, but yeah, on Instagram, um, empower her healing. So it's E M P O W H E R healing, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you can find me there. if You feel drawn to looking me up? Okay. I'm there. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you appreciated this episode and I hope you got something out of it from hearing other people's stories. We're going to continue to share more stories on the topic of preconception, other people's journeys. We have one coming up with my very good friend, Jess Ozy, where she shares her journey, uh, different to Tams in the sense that it was, she didn't have any fertility problems, but it was a real journey of surrendering to the physician and doing things not on the time frame that her and her husband wanted to but until then subscribe to the vital Veda podcast if you want to book a consultation with me you can go to Vitalveda.com.au forward slash bookings and i mainly consult online but also around australia and different areas even occasionally around the world so until next time much love